Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store, Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail23. Shopify.com slash retail23. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith. And I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing daylight saving time. Here's what you need to know. For as long as we can remember, humans have created systems to quantify, organize, and understand the concept of time. And while it operates as an innate and organic characteristic of life, Time never feels more like a social construct than that fateful second Sunday in March, when people around the world set their clocks forward one hour for daylight saving time. But how did this confusingly disruptive tradition of biannual time travel begin? We'll start at the height of World War I in 1916, when the German Empire decided to experiment with daylight, shifting its clocks forward by one hour, and kicking off the world's first countrywide daylight saving time experiment. Hoping to eliminate wasted daylight and therefore save energy for the war effort, Germany sparked a trend that spread across Europe. The same concept, coined fast time, was implemented in the United States in 1918. For many countries, daylight saving time ended when the war did, only to be readopted during World War II for similar reasons. In the United States, 
President Franklin D. Roosevelt instituted year-round daylight saving time, known as wartime, in 1942 until 1945. From 1945 to 1966, states and localities were free to choose their own time adventure, causing widespread confusion and a lawless patchwork of time zones for individuals to decipher. In one 35-mile bus ride from Ohio to Virginia, a traveler would have to change their watch seven times to accommodate the various local times. The clock chaos came to an end in 1966 with the Uniform Time Act, which required states to either adopt six months of daylight saving time entirely or opt out. A synchronized framework of time zones was established, with most states agreeing to reset their clocks twice a year. In 1973, President Nixon called for year-round daylight saving time in hopes of saving energy during the oil shortage. At first, 79% of the public was in favor of the change. But by the time February rolled around, support plummeted. People felt depleted by the constant dark mornings, and the law was repealed after only 10 months. Standard time was reinstated during the winter months. In 1986, Industries and outdoor activities, such as golf and barbecue grills, lobbied the government to add an extra month of daylight saving time, citing it would significantly boost the economy. In 2005, it was extended again to a total of eight months of the year. Throughout the centuries, cultures and regions around the world have created various calendars and clocks to align with not only the natural world, but society's needs. And so this year, as we awake to our alarms ringing in the morning darkness, robbed of one precious hour of sleep, we must ask ourselves, what is daylight saving time truly saving us? Fun facts, aka death stats. In 1500 BC, Egyptians were the first civilization to divide the day into 12 parts, using sundials to indicate time by the length and direction of shadows. Around 140 BC, Greek astronomer Hipparchus proposed dividing the day into 24 hours. It wasn't until mechanical clocks appeared in Europe during the 16th century that the general public divided the hour into 60 minutes. In 1878, Canadian engineer Sir Sanford Fleming proposed the use of global time zones, dividing the world into 24 time zones, each 15 degrees of longitude apart. About 25% of the world's population observes daylight saving time. The U.S. is one of about 70 countries worldwide using daylight saving time, also known as DST. But Hawaii and most of Arizona don't use it. With us today, we have producer Alex Paul. Hey there. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is Amanda McLaughlin. Hi, Amanda. Hello, thanks for having me. Amanda co-hosts the podcast Spirits and Join the Party. She's also the CEO and founder of the podcast company Multitude. I was uh, hoping, Amanda, you could tell our listeners a little bit about your podcast. 
Absolutely. So I run a podcast collective and ad sales agency and production studio called Multitude. We make podcasts you can count on that really build community around stuff we love. And two of the things I love are mythology and role-playing games. So my show Spirits is in its eighth year of examining mythology and folklore from around the world through a queer feminist lens, including lots of mythologies around time and sunlight and growing crops. So I'm excited about this. And Join the Party is all uh, about storytelling through Dungeons & Dragons. So we play D&D. And uh, this year, we're doing a campaign uh, all about pirates that are plant and bug people. So a lot to do with actually the environment, with light, with growth, and how those things uh, create a pirate economy after a natural disaster. A pirate economy. (laughs) That's right. Like booty? Like real pirates. Like real pirates, exactly. <laughs> We're all real pirates who leave our lands to go off on the great sea in a, in search of adventure and maybe a great salmon that will grant us a wish. It's a lot of fun. A lot of wow. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Very like One Piece meets Redwall for any fellow uh, fantasy book readers growing up. It's a good time. We'd like to start off the show by asking our guests... What is something that's recently alarming you? What's something that's keeping you up at night? Oh, do people tend to take this dark or do people tend to take this uh, funny? You can go dark. I mean, if you want to be if you want to go funny, feel free. But dark is welcome. Um. I have a real like bee in my bonnet about um, the fact that marketing firms create a lot of the trends and like consumer action that we think is just really natural in the world, but are actually invented by sort of advertising people. Uh, for example, the marshmallow lobby is what invented the sweet potato marshmallow casserole. They were like, hey, how do we sell marshmallows not during campfire times? And they invented like a, they published a whole recipe of year round marshmallow, you know, recipes um, and. You are our person because we, believe it or not, (laughs) talked about that in our Thanksgiving episode just a few months ago. Isn't that wild? It's absolutely incredible. And there are all kinds of things from bacon and the pork lobby making enjoying bacon a personality uh, all through. I learned yesterday that the idea that carrots improve your vision was subterfuge created by U.S. troops during World War II when the U.S. and the U.K., um, they were trying to obscure the fact that they had invented radar. And so they were like, listen, listen, if any Germans think that we have radar, we'll just say we eat a lot of carrots and our vision's really good. And that's how we see through planes. So I am completely obsessed with these like cultural um, cultural values or touchstones or preferences that I think are my preferences. But like Miranda Priestley and the Devil Wears Prada, like somebody in a boardroom 18 months ago decided it for me. Um, wow. And my, my husband, Eric, and I really want to make a podcast about the, lo- the, the, you know, the marshmallow lobbies of the world. Yes. You know, right now it's so on trend for people to be afraid of AI taking over. But what we don't realize is that marketing has actually been controlling our lives for hundreds of years. It's so true. <laughs> That's terrifying. And also, very, it, it, it folds right into what we're about to discuss today, which is daylight saving time. Uh, it, it's not daylight savings time, as Alex uh, reminded us before we started the podcast. It's daylight savings saving. time could be a good like name for a like a bank like a banking kind of thing right where it's about savings Uh uh-huh uh-huh 
sort of a play on words there. It's sort of a, that's not even a half-baked idea. That's about a quarter-baked idea. <laughs> but uh, anyway, go on. I thought you were going to say band name, and I was like, you can do better than that, Chris. <laughs> no, Daylight, I, I actually don't. that great of a band name. <laughs> I appreciate that, Alex, but I don't think I can do better than that. <laughs> I guess we'll see for the rest of the episode. It is so true what you're saying, Rebecca, though, because... Um, we think that like time is so natural and just flows the, you know, this is how it always is, but it really is just like has been constructed based on like lobbying and, and lawmakers decide like all the time zones and all the crazy things we do with time. And as someone who is obsessed with schedules and timing of, you know, controlling the time of my own day be uh, that being the only thing I can control <laughs> sure which is not really true my therapist would have a lot to say about that but it, to me the fact that this is just man-made is scary and also fascinating that a human could come up with that <laughs> like wow i think those are my heroes <laughs> yeah my brain will spin out really easily to like realizing that so much of the fabric of society is sort of an mutually agreed upon just like decision. And it's like, <laughs> we all just decided to make our times the same, you know, like 150 years ago, you could ride on your horse from town to town and they're 10 minutes in front of you or they're 15 minutes behind where you just came from. Uh, and if I, if I let my brain go too far in that direction, I'll be like, money is all made up, man. Yeah. We're all just like agreeing <laughs> on its value. Uh, and I, I really, I really go far in that direction. So I, I appreciate you all staring into the void each and every episode. That's right. Yeah. Nothing is um, hard and fast in this world, right? Mm-mm. It's like even the five-day work week, like we think of that as like, that's been since the beginning of time. And it's like, no, I mean, two years from now, there could we could just decide, no, it's four days. Uh, Sorry. I hope we do. And I hope we I hope do. We, do. <laughs> we decided yeah. at Multitude last uh, last year to do four days. Everything's fine. Everyone's better. Everyone's happier. We just put on an email out of office on Fridays and we're done. It's great. Yeah. Amanda, that's amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. People will reply to our out of office being like, oh my God, I'm forwarding this to my boss. And so to me, the greatest compliment is somebody's boss being like, okay, fine, I'll consider it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think that we should start off by talking a little bit about the pros and cons of daylight saving time. And one of the aims of daylight saving time is to make sure that people's active hours coincide with daylight hours. And the proponents of this uh, are argue that it saves energy, promotes outdoor leisure activity in the spring, summer, and fall evenings, and is therefore good for the physical and psychological health, reduces traffic accidents, reduces crime, and is good for business and tourism. Opponents argue that it disrupts human circadian rhythms, negatively impacting health, increases fatal traffic collisions, does not necessarily save energy, and increases health risks such as heart attack. Farmers have tended to oppose daylight saving time. And many studies show that daylight saving time isn't Bad, it's the weeks that surrounding the time switch that really caused the problems. In 2017, researchers reported that judges who experienced sleep deprivation as a result of daylight savings time tended to issue longer sentences 
So, <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> real life consequences here, yes. people. <laughs> um, the one hour transition comes with heightened rates of seasonal depression, an increase in automobile accidents, perhaps because of that altered sleep schedule, and an increased likelihood of experiencing episodes of physical distress, like a heart attack or stroke. However, other studies argue that daylight savings time has an overall positive impact. Studies have found that daylight savings time Daylight saving time. I'm going to say it wrong a bunch of times, and I apologize. Just move to DST. DST? All right. It's it's faster. DST contributes to improved road safety by reducing pedestrian fatalities by 13% during dawn and dusk hours. Another study found that 7% decreases in... Another uh, study found a 7% decrease in robberies following the spring shift to DST. Dr. Beth Verdone says that 5 to 15% of the world's population deals with seasonal affective disorder, and people experience fatigue, social withdrawal, and low energy most days in autumn and winter, and the extra hour of daylight when most people are coming home from school or work is good for the body. So is everyone properly confused yeah. <laughs> it feels like there's a study to prove whatever you want to prove with this. Yes. I kind of agree. The cynic inside of me sort of sug- yeah, I agree with Alex there. To me, the seasonal depression stuff isn't most of that the area you live in and the, the cold and it's not and the darkness, really I think. the moving of one hour to the beginning of the day or the end of the day. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I, back when I used to commute to work, would be sad when I was leaving work and it was dark out. And I would be so happy when I was leaving work and it was still, there was still sun. I don't know. Hmm. I, as someone who like, I am like, I go to bed early and like it's hard to get out and do things in the evening. It's so much easier to do it in the summer months when the sun is still out. Definitely. And even though there is uh, less light and fewer light hours in the wintertime overall for those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, I still think it makes a huge difference. Even think between, you know, early November and early December to, you know, commute to work in the darkness. That one hour does make a difference. Um, and I I think I'm I'm all for keeping us in permanent daylight saving time, which I know we are Yay, attempting we to do opinion. somewhere in uh, in the House. The, the Senate passed a bill, but the House did not, or vice versa, right. um, in the U.S., uh, attempting to make daylight saving time permanent in 2023. So we, had, we haven't gone around the room and asked, kind of like taken a, a poll of where we all stand. Sounds like Amanda, very pro-DST all year round. Alex, how do you feel? Um, I'm not like, I don't feel like I'm super jolted by the jet lag. Like, I I know a lot of people talk about like, oh, just changing the clock. And I'm so confused. And I hate this. And my dog is hungry. And they think they get (laughs) food now. And it's, I, I feel like I don't really maybe I just don't pay attention to it. Maybe it does like totally mess up my sleep rhythm. And I just am like, not in tune with that. So I feel like the switching of the clocks is a compromise that um, makes sense. Because either way, if it's all standard time, full year, then that creates dark evenings. 
And if it's all daylight saving saving time all year, then that creates a period of time where your mornings are quite dark. Mm. If I understand that right, is that right, Amanda? Mm. We're, we're going to jump in. We're <laughs> How well, do you feel, Rebecca? I think I I'm I'm pro. I'm with Amanda. I'm pro keeping it all year round. Uh, how about you, Chris? So wait, yeah, I'm with Alex. I'm still a little confused. Does that mean <laughs> I think so everyone's confused? If we so basically we spring so like if in 2023 the the government manages to pass this bill, which is you know debatable, we will spring forward and it will be uh, lighter later in the day, and then we'll stay that way. Stay so that way. That terrible period in the fall where you the clocks fall back and then it is dark at like 3 30 as you're coming right. home from work will not happen anymore yes Would not and it will anymore. naturally be uh, because of the earth's tilt which is the first thing that i think we should put up on the board actually mm-hmm. because of the earth's tilt it will still we will still have less hours of daylight of course if that makes sense um so let, why don't we talk about the earth's tilt let's do and it and we'll put sure. it up on the board. It, this is from National Geographic. Seasonal shifts in the length of a day from the uh, come from Earth's off-kilter rotation. Our planet turns on its axis at a 23.4 degree angle. This means that while the equator usually enjoys roughly 12 hours of both day and night year-round, the same isn't true and uh, uh, true the further north or south that you go. Summertime marks the northern hemisphere's time to shine. It leans toward the sun, causing longer and warmer days. Meanwhile, the southern hemisphere is plunged into the short days of winter as it tilts away from the sun. Six months later, the situation reverses and winter grips the north while light bathes the south. When coal still ruled, daylight daylight saving time was implemented as a way to maximize limited daylight hours. Because of this, a given region's participation depends in part on how far the location is from the equator. Countries that are further away have a more pronounced difference in day length between summer and winter and are more likely to participate in this time shift. So as we know, um, Alaska has that period uh, where they only get, what is it, three to four hours of daylight. Right. Um, There are other countries, you know, up in the Northern Hemisphere. I think Greenland is the same situation. Maybe Iceland is, is similar that they those are the main like those countries would probably really have a lot to gain from daylight savings saving time but for us of uh, in the united states and and for you know like if you're living in florida you probably don't care as much the closer you are to the equator, the yeah. less of a deal this makes people in <laughs> panama ecuador they're like nah, i don't whatever I don't get it. I don't care. <laughs> But perhaps New England has feelings about it. If you're from New England, let us know. <laughs> no, I'm I'm from New York, and I spent a, a large portion of my school year driving to school in the darkness. Uh-huh. And uh, one, you know, one fateful day in January would be like, oh, the pigeons are back. It might slowly be dawn by the time I'm going to my 7.30, you know, first period class. <laughs> <laughs> it is depressing, but I'm with Alex, too, when you get out at like, five o'clock at night and you you feel like you want to have a night but it's pitch black yeah and i'm the kind of person who doesn't love to drive in the dark for safety Mm -hmm. reasons (laughs) obviously Mm -hmm. that tracks right Mm -hmm. i think i i think that we should um let's go dive into the history 
of DST and start by putting Benjamin Franklin up on the board. Okay. Benjamin we have a lot to cover. Franklin. This is a very controversial topic that we're discussing today. This is uh, the, the Franklin Institute writes, Daylight Saving Time has many critics. But is Benjamin Franklin to blame for the invention? The common misconception comes from a satirical essay titled An Economical Project. He writes that rising with the sun would save the citizens of Paris a great deal of money. Quote, I say it is impossible that so sensible a people should have lived so long by the smoky, unwholesome, and enormously expensive light of candles. If they had really known that, if they had really known that, they might have had as much pure light of the sun for nothing. Tongue firmly in cheek, Franklin went on to propose regulations to ensure Parisians became early risers. So this was the first person to kind of throw it out there. I love that it was a joke that everybody took far too seriously and was a good idea. And was a good idea. That's the thing. You're right. It's a good idea. And he's not wrong. If you really thought about the cost of of, of your candles and you, maybe you would shift your schedule so that you, it could be more cost effective. It occurs to me that Ben Franklin, if he were alive today, would be a Twitter troll. <laughs> yes. Ben Franklin would tweet, considering taking my company public, have funding secured, yes or no, and then a poll. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then say oh, 420, no, I see and then ben say, Franklin no, it a wasn't totally a joke. totally different light all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ben Franklin. him to Elon Musk is... Uh... <laughs> yeah, but if Ben Franklin were around, I think the avatar of Twitter would be a turkey, which would be a much funnier silhouette. Ben yes. Franklin <laughs> loves turkeys, obsessed with turkeys, wanted them to be our national bird. <laughs> um... I, I just think, it, yeah, like you said, it's so uh, funny that, and I, I'm pretty sure he took this, he, he really did try to, you know, convince people to, to. I mean, what he really wanted to do was convince people to go to sleep earlier, <laughs> which is very logical and honestly safe. He would. He would. Now I'm actually thinking of him as more as one of these annoying guys that go on Joe Rogan podcasts oh. and talk about how you have to like take. Like those weird vitamins and stuff. Yeah. Because like those guys are all about sleep cycles and stuff like that, right? If Ben knew about biphasal sleep uh, or, or micro dosing <laughs> sleep, he would be all over it. <laughs> the man never met also, a scam. He didn't want to co-sign. <laughs> I've been listening to um, the Huberman Lab recently where they have like three, a three hour episode and it's like how to breathe correctly. Like, oh, my gosh. That's not a hyperbole. That's literally an episode. Wow. Um, but he recently talked about uh, light exposure or like when you first wake up, like go outside and stare next, not at the sun, but near the sun, mm -hmm. which you can't do. <laughs> With daylight saving time. Mm, I think right. Chris has Wake been listening to the same podcast, dark. Alex, because uh, Chris has been doing that in the mornings. <laughs> no, I You've actually been staring at the sun. No, I've been doing I've been sitting outside or going near a window. And it's really just because of exactly that podcast, um, which I got, <laughs> yeah, recom I um, got recommended. Sometimes from a friend. I'm listening to it and I'm like, will you just please leave me alone? Um, <laughs> you're the one opting in, but you're like, shut I'm up. Like, just leave me be. 
Well, um, I think we're in the. Uh, for me, this is an interesting position of I. I like daylight savings, and the people I have to blame for it, like they still have to go on the board. But sort of, in my opinion, our folly was letting it go. Uh, mm. Where, like, you know, we've we've gone into it at different periods, as, as I'm sure you'll get into. Um, but I I think it's bad that we stopped. Um, so. Should we put something like, you know, industrialization on the board, which is getting people to factories and to work at a specific hour versus what lots of folks did just agriculturally, which is get up with the sun and that adjusts as the sun adjusts. I love totally. that. That's a great Let's one. Put that yeah. up on the board. And this this might go with that. Uh, I think we should also put New Zealand entomologist George Hudson up on the board. Okay. <laughs> yes, this is Uh, From Huffington Post, there's agreement among historians that the true mastermind of daylight saving time was George Hudson, a specialist in insect biology. In 1895, when he first presented the idea to the Royal Society of New Zealand, he was mocked. It all began when Hudson became frustrated that dusk came so early in summer that it interfered with his evening bug collecting rounds. There you go. He figured the problem might be solved if the clock were advanced two hours in summer and then shifted back in the winter when he wasn't bug hunting anyway. In a proposal in support of his idea, he explained that, quote, the effect of this alteration would be to advance all the day's operations in summer two hours compared with the present system. In this way, the early morning daylight would be utilized and a long period of daylight leisure would be made available in the evening for cricket, gardening, cycling, or any other outdoor pursuit desired. I'm pretty sure this guy had a job and he was collecting bugs at night. And he's like, I just don't have the time. Too many bugs, too little time. Mm. Because the eight-hour workday is eating up all our leisure time. And and when there's eight hours for us, eight hours for rest, eight hours for what you will, I messed up that rhyming, uh, you know, we <laughs> we need to make sure that you pay yourself first, that the best eight hours go to the, go to the leisure eight. You know what this is making totally me think, agree. Amanda? I think I'm shocked that we haven't come up as humans with more nighttime leisure activities. It's true. Mm. Nighttime are, leisure activities. Well, because because it what makes do you mean? like di- there's a lot of I guess bars and restaurants and dining and uh, movies are you and about, like, uh, wow, Chris. Shows. So only people who can uh, afford candles can have fun at night. Is that what you're saying? Wow, That's wow. That's true. I mean, electricity has to go up on the board, right? We have to kind of put that up there because it yeah. just threw a wrench into this whole sort of concept mm-hmm. uh, yeah. of daylight saving time. And technology, I feel like, um, like our phone screens and all that stuff is totally messing up our natural pattern to wake up with the sun, go to sleep with the sun going down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, um, the like nighttime, uh, yellowing of screens, night shift, uh, on Apple and uh, other flux and other programs that have been doing that for years, uh, are sort of trying to put us back on that rhythm, right? Because I'm sure the blue light of our devices is doing a lot more to mess up our sleep cycles along with, you know, anxiety for many reasons, uh, than, you know, an hour or two less of daylight is in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yes. Let's put world wars up on the board. This is from Wall Street Journal. 
Daylight saving time was introduced as a temporary measure during World War I as a way of conserving energy and providing more usable hours of daylight. Germany was the first to start using it. The UK followed a few weeks later and France and the US followed suit. The daylight saving measure was re repealed in many countries after the war ended, but readopted during World War II. Francis Hurst, the radical individualist, said, of useful inventions, this was perhaps the best that we could connect with the war period. In the U.S., daylight saving time was introduced year-round in 1942 for World War II. From 1945 to 1966, states and localities were free to choose when and if to introduce DST, which became a source of significant confusion. Hence... Okay, so this is uh, the time period where if you traveled 30 miles in Ohio, you had to change your clock. What was it, Alex, seven times uh, yeah. or something like mm -hmm. that? Change your watch. I can't imagine how confusing that is. I, I find the, the time zones already to be confusing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I understand them. I understand why <laughs> we need them. And I'm, I'm four time zones. But... You know, you cross into our Arizona and you're at you're on a different uh, from California yeah. to Arizona. You're suddenly in a different time zone. But if you go to Nevada, you're in the same time zone. So it's already confusing enough. And luckily, we have watches and iPhones that just change time automatically. So we don't even have to think about it. But it can throw you off if you don't realize where you're suddenly like looking at the phone and it's like two hours earlier and you're can accidentally eat lunch twice or three times in a day if you're on a road trip. It's <laughs> true. I think Amanda's also, yeah. what she said before, what you said before, Amanda's really hitting the nail on the head where, which also wraps into the world wars, which is like, it's like the wishy-washy behavior of like, it's on, it's off, mm -hmm. you have to, you don't have to, you can, you can opt out. That's create. That's what creates the chaos is that there's not like a singular choice that everyone agrees to. It mm -hmm. feels like, okay, well, then we'll compromise with mm -hmm. half of the year and half of the yeah. year not. And that just creates like, it almost makes everyone feel like they still have a stake in changing it to how they want it to be, right? It's like, oh, it's kind of on, it's kind of off. So I'm going to keep fighting for it the way that I want it to be versus like, sorry, this is what it is. Totalitarian, totalitarian uh, daylight saving time. Yeah, just like this is a metaphor for the aftermath of World War One, which led to mm. World War Two. No, but I mean, maybe we have to blame the Treaty of Versailles for uh, for turning <laughs> off daylight saving time uh, in in many countries. So I'm just gonna go ahead and suggest that for our yeah. for my let's put that up. Let's put it up. You know, I'm yep. struck by how the 1900s are going to be known for a lot of things: the internet, wars, world wars. Uh, yeah. What else, Rebecca? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you come up? What, a well, third I was going to say electricity, but that that thing. started, I think, in the 1800s. Plastic, uh, plastic, plastic, great. Uh, pop music. <laughs> we're going to be known Elvis for a Presley. lot of things, but I think the the thing we're going to be most known for in the future is when. Remember that time when they couldn't figure out what time it was? <laughs> yeah, but no, Alex, I think you're totally right. Like, if we didn't have clocks moving, I wouldn't be so upset about it. If this was just how time was, and this is the the period of the year, just like right now, we accept there's less daylight in the winter time because of the tilt of the axis and that cheeky twenty three point five degree turn. Uh, we we don't have an option, and so it doesn't. 
bother us that much. But the the tantalizing effect of one day it's light out at five o'clock and the next day it's not uh, because the clocks have to go back is what irks so many people, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It needed to be codified mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. into now, law. <laughs> yes, we need more Into laws. the Constitution. <laughs> <laughs> we have so much to cover and I don't know how we're going to do it. Put transportation up on the board. Let's energy put transportation up on the board because it seems like they were the big reason why we needed to standardize right for trains all the right. daylight saving stuff mm-hmm. yes. right because it's like they're the ones that have industry that crosses all these borders mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah That's- and I would suggest fossil fuels because there are a lot mm-hmm. of non-renewable resources starting with whaling and tallow and candles uh, all the way through to things like oil and carbon emissions about the energy we need to use to power uh, our lives and our light when we are not outside with natural light and, and it also that, I think we yeah. Should, yeah we should put energy cons- conservation uh, up on the board. Totally. The, I will read this. This is a, from Scientific American. The first comprehensive study of GST effectiveness occurred during the oil crisis of the 1970s when the U.S. Department of Transportation found that daylight saving trimmed national electricity usage by roughly 1%. However, U.S. electricity usage patterns have changed. Since then, as air conditioning and uh, household electronics have become more pervasive. Uh, essentially, this old study, which is uh, which every and, and, and this argument that people use mm-hmm. for daylight saving mm-hmm. is not really it's relevant just dated, anymore right? because, because it's, yeah, it falls under technology basically, right? And we just use if, if there's more light and the, and, and the day is hotter, we're going to use we're going to run the AC for much longer. So, should we put the false pretense of energy conservation? Because it's really not uh, about that. Right. Uh Is that what we're sort of angling towards here? Is this greenwashing? Oh, no. (laughs) What's that? Yeah, yeah. Are we greenwashing? Is that what you said? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, guys, yeah, fuck it. It's all, it doesn't matter. It's all marketing, baby. It's all marketing. It's all all marketing. marketing. But here's the thing even if it it conserves 0.5%. Of the nation's electricity, that is, let's see here, per day, or or 1.3 trillion watt hours in total. That amount could power a hundred thousand households a year. So 0.5 percent is not insignificant. That's true, but it does make me think what Amanda was saying at the beginning of the episode, where there's all these studies that it helps with your or or to abolish daylight saving time because it ruins your sleep and all these things. But then you also hear that daylight saving time um, helps certain industries and hurts other industries, right? It's not good for the television industry, but it's great for barbecues. <laughs> I can't believe Big Barbecue is in on this. I can't believe it. But yeah, I mean, what would be better for the economy than all of us wanting to do something after work, right? Like it's it's mm-hmm. all about conserving our best working hours for our employers whose carbon emissions are the ones that are, you know, should actually be trimmed uh, for me uh, versus, you know, all of us doing the, the small things that we can uh, do on our own. Um, but yeah, it's it, people I used to work in finance before I was a full time podcaster, which is a very weird and fun uh, wow. way to be able to like parse all of these studies being like, yeah, okay, like for everybody benefiting, there's like someone who's not benefiting. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's what they say, there's a million things they don't 
say, and it, it really is all marketing. Now let's for the economy. The economy. Yeah. Let's put the economy. Well, yes. I would love to call it like big barbecue or big golf. Let's just do it. Big big, big barbecue. barbecue. Big barbecue is yep. fun. I yep. like the way it sounds. Uh, this is from Spring Forward by Michael Downing. It was the convenience of commerce that was on the minds of many lawmakers. Since 1973, eight trade associations had formed a daylight saving time coalition, and together its members represented 135 billion in annual retail sales. In 1984, Fortune magazine had estimated that a seven-week extension of daylight saving time would yield an additional 30 million dollars just for 7-Eleven stores. The 22 billion sporting good industry was looking forward to a 200 uh, sorry a 20 million annual boost in the sales of tennis rackets and balls, a 30% increase in the number of youth soccer games played, and at least 4% increase in sales of inflatable products. The National Golf Foundation anticipated a 46 million rise in sales of clubs and balls and an increase in industry-wide revenues of 200 million to 400 million. Wow. This, so that's a lot. The spokesman for the six billion barbecue industry, Arthur Seeds, estimated that 42 hours of additional evening daylight for barbecue consumers would result in a 15% increase in sales of grills. Every hour of additional afternoon daylight was a retail bonanza. <laughs> um, so if you so it just seems to me like people want to make money. They want to cash in on this daylight. So as podcasters, should we be opposing DST? Because it's when people are sadly commuting to work in the dark that we make our living. That's true. <laughs> wow. Are we? Yeah. Are we don't want to shoot ourselves in the foot. Right. That's but true. it only makes you, should we recuse ourselves entirely from this argument because we're so biased in one <sighs> direction? Well, but then I want to throw in this thing. If you're... If there's more light out and people are more willing to go out, that means that's more time in the car, which means it's more time to listen to podcasts. Mm. That's true. true. That was an argument about the energy conservation where people were like, it doesn't conserve energy because people then use their cars more. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, it, to me, every study, I think we should put being too analytical on the board <laughs> because yes. why don't we just do what feels right? <laughs> totally. I'm with you. That's dangerous, you. Alex. <laughs> no, I agree. Speak. You can slice and dice the numbers any way you want and, and studies, anyone can quote a study any way they wish to make whatever point they want uh, right. to make happen, happen. So I agree, Alex. Just be like, hey, excuse me, Congress, uh, what what feels good to you? Close your <laughs> eyes. Imagine what feels nice. You want your kids going to school in the dark? No, you don't. And and just, just go with that. The just studies that. hurt my brain. Yeah, I, they do. I leave all of this information more confused than ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It has not clarified anything for me. Now, we're running out of time, and I want to talk about farmers because mm -hmm. I think that they've been for years uh, falsely accused mm -hmm. of being the reason why we, why we have DST. Mm. And this was a recommendation from a listener. This is at Labels for Lunch on Twitter said, I've always heard it's Scottish farmers. I have no idea if that's true or not. <laughs> A lot of confusion around this. Now, I found that particularly they were talking about Sc Scottish farmers. So it turns out that uh, Scottish farmers are actually uh, for DST. Here we go. Oh. The Guardian wrote that National Farmers Union of Scotland has said it will not oppose a campaign to permanently 
permanently move the clocks forward by an hour. If it will benefit UK as a whole, the union had opposed the scheme on the grounds that farmers working in the far north of the country would suffer disproportionately during the dark mornings. However, Scott Walker, NFU Scotland uh, policy director, said today that the organization had softened its stance towards the move. If people can put a good argument forward to us as to why there should be change, we're not going to be the ones who stand in the way of that change. If it's for everyone else's benefit, he said, it's it's quite a change. He added, in the past, we would have simply said no. So wow. they're slowly trying to change. They're slowly changing their mind about DST. But... Of course, the sentiment is not held by all farmers. Not right? all farmers. Not all hashtag, farmers. Hashtag not all farmers. <laughs> Nebraska Public Media wrote, while the prevailing wisdom has been that the daylight saving time was put in place and to help farmers, that's not the case. Not only is that not true, it is 100% not true. It is far from true. It is as far from true as one can get. He said, people think it was put in place for farmers, but the leading group against daylight saving time has always been farmers and agricultural people. The agriculture, the agriculture industry lobbied against daylight saving time in 1918 when the U.S. first started changing the time. It was initially put in place as a way to save energy on uh, consumption. The shift may have worked for people who lived in urban centers and watched a clock for their routines. But it was a nuisance for the farmers who followed the sun. Moving the clocks didn't change when the sun dried, the dew on crops waiting to be harvested. And the cow accustomed to a 5 a.m. feeding didn't care about the time change. Farmers had to balance these duties while trying to be at, at, at the market an hour earlier to sell their crops. So a huge inconvenience for farmers. Why because have they been blamed? Cow- because cows don't have carry watches. Cows just <laughs> kind of do their thing. I see. So we need watches on cows. No, watches but you get what I'm every saying. Every cow, bread <laughs> for don't. every table. That's what I think. Soup in every bowl. <laughs> and That's again, I, the problem. I think it's getting at that the issue is not daylight saving time, but it's that we switch back and forth. Yeah, That's, That's right. what is so confusing to mm-hmm. people and cows alike. Can I just give you my feeling about all of all of this give it to us give it i'm just seeing a lot i'm seeing a lot of indifference like just across the board i'm seeing like like anybody's opinion can kind of be swayed one way or another nobody really has the right answer to this conundrum and i just i i'm ready to get to the board because i want to blame the guy who first thought of it like the first time this was brought up okay all right let's get to it so you've got a bias let's do it let's take a quick break and then we'll start knocking things off the board since 2013 bombas has donated over 100 million socks underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness if we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right. Who's to blame for daylight saving time? Is it the Earth's tilt? Ben Franklin. Industrialization? George Hudson. Electricity. World Wars? The Treaty of Versailles. Transportation? Fossil fuels? Energy conservation? Economy? Big barbecue? Too analytical? Or Scottish farmers? (laughs) What a board. What a board. Is there anything we can take off right away? I don't think so. Mm, I mean, can we do one really clear sentence about what we are blaming? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like what are we blaming here? We're blaming who's to blame for the back and forth, the... The the confusion that has been caused the chaos the chaos chaos. yes by by DST see that thank you that then leads me to believe that the world wars are probably my top candidate because going into into, quote wartime and then being like war's over great news y'all we're done started this precedent of going back and forth as like the economy suited us okay that's very interesting and since I, I I mean I like that. I think we can knock off Treaty of Versailles for okay. it because well, it, it, that's <laughs> that was a joke. They, that yeah, can fold in, right? Yeah, that <laughs> I mean, I guess in. that was a joke. Okay, you know, well, Ben we Franklin took it was also joking. Uh, so I think I think he can probably big come barbecue, down. Barbecue. I was not joking not about big barbecue. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, uh, I mean, I feel like transportation. Yes, maybe. and fossil fuels probably. Transportation feels more responsible for time. Setting management, time and management, zones. and time alignment, hmm. aligned attainment, than attainment than it does for daylight savings. I guess I'm okay to let the Earth's tilt off the hook here because mm-hmm. it's not her fault that she, you know, gives us fewer fewer daylight hours during one season than another. Yeah, yeah, and it's just I mean, kind of cute. Fault, but she can't little, change. It's like cute, yeah, like it's, it's cute. like a little tilted. It's like oh, the Earth's, oh, the Earth's cute. It's like a it's little like a tilted. puppy oh, that like, bleps. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, like a little head tilt. <laughs> that's so cute. I get it. 
I you wish you'd be vandalizing the earth. I know. And I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, Multitude makes a cozy space podcast called Pale Blue Pod, where a real astrophysicist is like, "Shh, it's okay. I know space is scary. Let me tell you why and why it's okay." And that's the that's the attitude I'm bringing toward matters of space recently. Oh. <laughs> I like that. I like. I it. think maybe we take Ben Franklin off because I think his pitch was for it to just be always. It was. Mm. And so it wouldn't have created the confusion of going back and forth. Right. Yeah. But right? he he should have been more careful what his like his joke pitches were. Mm. If we're going to scrutinize him for making jokes about too many things, I feel like we're going to be in trouble. In, we're in troubled <laughs> troubled waters. I do think that is it George Harrison the uh, the menu uh okay, thank you. I think George Hudson might be more to blame for me than mm-hmm. Ben Franklin because Ben Franklin is just saying, hey, shift the time all together and you'll be much better and burn fewer candles, which is very funny. Uh, George Hudson was like, no, 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 I want to get up with the bugs. And he <laughs> didn't say, let's move it all the time. He yeah. said, I just want to be up with the bugs when I want to, a certain amount of time during the year. Yes. It does feel like a bunch of guys are trying to control how people live their lives, though. Doesn't mm-hmm. it feel <laughs> for their own purposes should we put bros up on the board <laughs> just patriarchy maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> patriarchy is a okay is a big we're one. adding things to the board <laughs> no 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 yeah we gotta go the no other no way. i but i i'm with you i think george hudson if anything i'm looking at hudson stay. too yeah i'm looking at yeah, hudson too yeah, yeah. i uh, also feel yeah. like industrialization might not exactly be what we're looking for here might not be super relevant i mean it is what came first the chicken and the egg situation but i think we can take it off the board let's take it off we don't need to even have a reason we're too confused great (laughs) Um, electricity is not a reason then i mean i guess we're trying to conserve electricity Electricity, energy conservation, and the economy for me are all this like overly mm-hmm. analytical, you know, slicing and dicing stats to make the whatever argument you want. Totally. Okay. Like that makes that. sense to me. So we'll fold those into big barbecue. <laughs> big barbecue or being too analytical or I think big um, barbecue is a better name for being too analytical and using statistics yeah. to argue for yourself. Yeah. And just yes. for the record, big barbecue is really like the big leisure and sports industry. Yes. But it just sounds better as big barbecue. Yes. Okay. So we're left with Hudson, world wars, patriarchy, which I think we can fold into George Hudson. Mm. Yes, he represents. Avatar yeah. of patriarchy, George <laughs> Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, big are we going to take... barbecue and the Scottish farmers. I we think we can Scottish take them farmers off. Scottish farmers are yeah. exempt. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we can take yeah. them off. Yeah. It's just one sect of farmers who are pro DST. I think they get singled out because I guess there's a huge difference between being on the north and the yes. south of Scotland. Yeah. So. Yes. And their farmer colleagues are like, come on, come on, buddy. Uh, yeah. Join us. But they're certainly not to blame here. No, 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 no. So what are we going to do here? Who are we going to send to the alarmist jail? And what are we going to slap? Are we... Oh man, this is hard. I think if if we're blaming the confusion of the or the chaos that is created by DST, mm-hmm. we should send big barbecue. 
to the alarmist. And just to be clear, that's sort of like a representation of any industry who has kind of skin in the game to just muddy the facts and, you know, advocate for their own side. Is that what we're sort of, that's what that represents? That feels, yeah. I think that's a good argument. Like, even though I am on, my interests are aligned with big barbecues, it doesn't mean there aren't a million other, you know, big industries that are on the opposite side of the fence preventing us from getting anything done. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fight. It's a fight back and forth. And um, yeah, it's tough. I think like the world wars, the the whiplash created by the world wars, mm. it's it, like it, a good, yeah. It did. But I, I saw uh, there. There seems to be like a purpose behind them, or, or why they tried to yes. implement DST. And while it didn't help us, you know, there, there were difficult times, and people had to adjust to many things. That said, in the eighties, when Big Barbecue came into the game, <laughs> into the big <laughs> into the picture, <laughs> it feels like th- there's no real reason why we need to continue with DST, right? It it just felt like they were making money and they're trying, you know, making an argument for it and they just want it. It just feels like they're like a little bit of a wham wham baby crying. And crying, they were crying. they were also arguing for like, can we just get an extra month? Just an extra yeah. month, please. Um, now can we get an extra two months? Right. So that creates more confusion yes. and more like frustration. I I can see that. Yeah. So then maybe we slap Hudson. We send Big Barbecue to jail and we slap Hudson. Should we should we give uh, Hudson the the jail time because he kind of birthed this mess, or is it, is was, it the, sort of perpetuating it, uh, and that adds most to the chaos? I guess is my question. Because he's had a point. He he wasn't he didn't know electricity. He didn't have the technology and electricity <laughs> and all that stuff, right? So he was like. Yeah, like we should be outside later in the day during the summer when there's plenty of stuff. I mean, all of a sudden I'm kind of pro Hudson. I get <laughs> no, what yeah, he, I get where he's coming from. <laughs> Rebecca, I'm also I'm feeling the same sympathy for like the man just collected bugs as a hobby after work and wanted right. more time after work to do his hobbies, <laughs> which I think all of us want. So for for me, I'd much rather see a war get slapped and a barbecue <laughs> go to jail. Yeah, than, yeah. Than, I mean, I agree where it is hard to put put big barbecue in jail because even though they are big corporations they are advocating for us to go outside and barbecue which Mm -hmm. we love to do it's Mm -hmm. hard it's hard do you guys ever think about like all of the people and things that are in the jail and what will be a good environment for the jail or not because i do think it might be more dangerous to send a war to jail versus a barbecue Mm. like (laughs) are are all the are all the entities in jail do they deserve a barbecue in which case i may advocate not putting a barbecue in there right but maybe they'll be so confused by the barbecue that that yeah they'll be like what did you do wrong (laughs) yeah (laughs) um okay I think I'm going to call it okay. and I'm going to send the wars to, to I'm going to give the wars the slap and I'm going to send Big Barbecue to the Alarmist Jail. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Corporate interests in policy. You have no place here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> World Wars. You're getting the big slap. You know what you did. Big Barbecue. You're going to the Alarmist Jail. Something you said, Amanda, is making me think that uh, maybe we're making a big mistake sending a barbecue to jail. Time will yeah. tell. 
We got to spring <laughs> forward and see how it goes. We're not sending a barbecue. We're sending big, big barbecue. Oh, yeah. What was that guy's last name, Rebecca? Was his last name Seeds? Yes. 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 I've been thinking about that for a good 20 minutes. <laughs> you know what's sad about that is like, I don't think you can really barbecue seeds. It's like the yeah. least conducive to barbecuing. I guess you could uh, smoke and- a granola, but smoking is not barbecuing. So. No, it's different. It's different. So anyway, Amanda, <laughs> we couldn't have done this without you. How would we have figured out who's to blame for DST? Well, thank Impossible. you for... Thank you for choosing a topic so relevant to my interests with the big <laughs> lobbies of the world. I had no idea. We'll have to have you back. We'll have to have you back. Thank you so much. Since 2015, more than 350 bills and resolutions for removing DST have been proposed in states across the U.S. In March 2022, the U.S. Senate unanimously passed the Sunshine Protection Act, which would make daylight saving time permanent and end the biannual changing of clocks. The House of Representatives failed to vote on the bill in time for the legislation to be implemented for 2023. Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at w- Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify, in-store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com retail23. Shopify.com slash retail23. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. 
Today's episode was produced and engineered by Alex Paul, with fact-checking by Chris Smith and editing by Molly Hockey. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the Erios Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the Port Chicago weapons disaster. 